is a shir on Likut Tesichas, Chelek Tesvav, Sicha Bereshis, second Sicha. On the Pasuk, in which Hashem describes the creation, the beginning of Bereshis, and it says, Let there be luminaries in the sky. And the says they shall be for signs. Rashi brings what our sages tell us. <coughs> that when the luminaries are smitten, when they, in other words, we're talking here about an eclipse, so then it's a bad sign for the world. As it says in the Pasuk, don't be scared of the signs that come to you from heaven. Etc. This is the Pasuk. Because when you do, Rashi is continuing to quote from Chazal. When you do the wish of Hashem, this is the Gemara in Sukkah, um, when you do the will of Hashem, you don't have to worry about punishment, about Puranus, um, about negativity happening. When it comes to the reason about why the luminaries of the sky are sometimes loikin, are smitten. In other words, they're not visible to us. They're eclipsed. They're darkened. So the Gemara says in Sukkah, because of four things, the sun becomes eclipsed, is darkened. One of the things is the head of the based in, the av based in, who passes away and is not eulogized appropriately. In other words, the generation didn't recognize the loss of the great leader, etc., that's one of the things. And then the Gemara continues, and because of four things, the um, the Ma'iris, the luminaries, the first Gemara we just quoted was about the sun. Now we're talking about the luminaries, including the moon. There are four things that uh, cause them to be eclipsed. And one of them is, the first one, oh, the Rebbe here quotes only, the first one is those that write um, forged documents, documents that they want to be attributed to somebody who never wrote it, etc., in other words, the eclipse that takes place, the sun and the moon and the heavenly bodies, is connected, is brought about by the deeds of man. That's the simple reading of the Gemara. So it's well known the question, the fact that uh, there are eclipses, the fact that we don't see the sun and the moon, it's a scientific fact, it's an astronomical fact, it's part of the, it's embedded within creation. We know scientifically, that they come in pre-appointed times. And therefore, you can predict in advance and calculate when those eclipses will take place. So, how is it then? Because it has to do with what we see, with the positioning of the sun and the moon and the planets. So, how can the Gemara then say that the, these things are caused by particular sins and, 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 and misdeeds by mankind down below where we know that it's a factual reality. The Rebbe here in Ois Beis, the second chapter of the Sicha, gives us an insight into how we have to look at questions in general, questions um, about faith, about things that it says in the Torah. So the Rebbe says, Certain people throughout the generations utilize this kasha, this question, in order to prove, to show, and whoever puts that word in inverted commas, to show that, God forbid, 
not everything that it says in our, the writings of our sages is correct. Because you see, they wrote about uh, eclipse happening because of the deeds of man. So obviously they had some primitive understanding that um, what we do here causes eclipses, but really that's not the case. We know scientifically today, we know the reality is that those are preordained, those, those are natural things which we can, which we can uh, pre, pre, um, um, predict. It's not a prediction. We, we know that it's going to happen. That's the trajectory and the orbits. And the people use this question to show, you see, this justifies their, act, their behavior in, God forbid, not doing Torah mitzvahs. Says that ever the truth is, when somebody doesn't do Torah mitzvahs, it has nothing to do with his intellectual questions. It has to do with the appetite, with the desire for indulgence that comes from his midas, that comes from his emotional attributes. He's being pulled by his heart to do things that the Torah forbids you to do. And the questions are just a, an expression to be able to answer why he's acting in a way that's inappropriate. And so to, for that purpose, it's enough just to ask a question that sounds like a question. Ask a question, you see, it can't be that the words of our sages are correct because they talk about eclipses coming because of the deeds of man, and we know it's a predictable thing, it's got to do with astronomy. And that's already enough, that's why the person says he's not keeping, see, so the words of the sages, I'm not, he's not keeping Torah mitzvahs, okay? If he's really motivated by the fact that he doesn't want to keep Torah mitzvahs because he has a, a desire for an indulgences that the Torah doesn't allow. And so that kind of a question is a good enough excuse, but it's a question that even, it's really a, a very... Um, light question, because if you think about it just briefly, just not even so deeply, Rebbe says, it's just a, 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 a regular, a, an easy you know, thinking about it, you get to understand that the question, and here the word question is in inverted commas, like the strong question, it doesn't really have any any reality, and it doesn't really have any any, any basis. But now we're going to introduce, says the Rebbe Bakdom, and first let me preface the following. Everybody agrees that in the times of the Tanoim, the rabbis of the Mishnah, the Amiroim, the rabbis of the Gemara, the calculations of eclipses, the sun and the moon, were well known by the um, by the wise people of the other nations. And everybody that knows a little bit of the history, the Jewish history, from the stories that are told in the words of our sages, and even more when you look in the books that record history of that, those days, so you know that there was a close connection between the wise people of the other nations in, and, and the wise people, the Chachmei Yisrael, the wise men of the Jewish people, in matters of wisdom, in matters of science, and we even find various places that there were debates about various wisdoms and astronomy. And even if somebody wants to ayna action, somebody wants to be obstinate and say, and doesn't want to take on our traditional understanding that the science and the calculations of astronomy really started from our, from Chachme Yisrael, 
started from the Jewish sages, and through the Jewish sages it was transmitted. That's how that information first came to the sages of the world, to the wise people of the world. So even if you don't want to learn that traditional understanding that it started with the wisdom that was held by the Jewish sages, regardless of that, it's a clear thing, and you can't argue about the fact that when the um, calculations of eclipses was well known by the non-Jewish sages, they were definitely also known by the Jewish sages because of the connection, the interaction that took place with the sages of the, of the world. Especially when it came to astronomy because the knowledge of the movements of the celestial bodies is relevant to the mitzvah of Kiddush HaChodesh. The base then has to be able to calculate when the moon will be sighted. So they had to be very in tune with all the knowledge of astronomy. And therefore it's obvious, emphasized by the Rebbe Pashat, it's obvious that this saying that our sages said, that the eclipses of the sun and the moon is a negative sign to the world and they come because of four things, because of the, the deeds of man, it cannot be in contradiction to the fact that that um, eclipses are something that are embedded into the nature. So, maybe we would be, there's some very interesting footnotes. Perhaps, um, perhaps later I'll, uh, I'll jump back to them. L'chayr, would be able to learn that this, that, uh, what the Gemara says, that the luminaries become eclipsed, it's a bad sign. So the emphasis here is that not the actual eclipse, that is something that's already embedded within nature and we know when it's going to happen in advance if we understand the, the, you know, all the calculations. But what we're talking about is when that eclipse is visible, then it's a negative sign. In other words, when Hashem allows this eclipse to be visible, then it creates, that it means it's a, it's a negative sign. And it means the Jews have to do teshuva. So to do teshuva, you have to see this sign. So then you can answer the question by simply by saying that, yes, eclipses are there in nature. It's imperative. It's going to happen. Something Hashem embedded in nature. And you can know it in advance. However, it's not necessary that that will be visible because there could be clouds that will cover up that, that eclipse. Right? And then you wouldn't, you wouldn't notice it. And that detail about whether or not the world sees it, humans see it, that is dependent on what people do. In other words, what it's saying is when there are the four things that are done, negative things, those four things would bring about the negativity of an eclipse. Not that the actual eclipse is brought about to them, but that the eclipse will be visual by the people on earth. And when people act properly, then there'll be things that will like clouds that will cover up and conceal this eclipse. So then they won't have the application of this being a negative sign that wasn't seen. So in other words, the eclipse is there. The question is, will they or won't they see it? That's what the Gemara is saying. These four things create a negative environment where Hashem is going to show them a, a negative sign. If, they, if they're acting properly, they won't see it. But the Rebbe said that's not a proper answer because... First of all, whatever it says in brackets, there are some places where there are almost never clouds, like in Egypt, where there's no clouds, and that's why there isn't also rain. 
the, the Nile irrigates. Uh, but also, besides that, from the way what Chazal say, that when the, what's the language of Chazal, that when the luminaries get eclipsed, get beaten, get smitten, in this case, we, what we're talking about is darkened, eclipsed, when those luminaries get eclipsed, it's, 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 it's a proof that there's a, uh, that there's a negative sign. There's a negative sign being shown by him. And no, so the language, the more users should not seeing, speaking about when they are clipped, then bad. About seeing, seeing. That's what the uh, in the Braisa, divides it into two divisions. He says that when the Yidin, he says like this, when the sun becomes clipped, it's a bad sign for the, for the idolaters, the non-Jews. When the moon gets bit bad sign, the end of the Jesse, is it a wedding sign for the or, the Jews, he's never back to these are the Jews, to put it in a positive language. Why is that? Because the sun is how the non-Jews count their time. Yisrael, Mayim, the Levant, the Jewish people count according to the moon. If the moon eclipsed, it's a sign for the Jewish people. If the sun is a sign for the This is only, this, since many are compared to the non-Jews, so the misdeeds of their behavior causes the eclipse. What it seems to be clear is that the respective misbehavior, whether the Jews or the Jews, cause the sun to be So we that, that if the will act properly and perfectly, then there shouldn't be any eclipse whatsoever. The Gemara clearly says that the eclipse or not eclipse, not that we'll see it or won't see it. So that way of explaining it is not, is not, it doesn't, doesn't hold water. So then when the chapter the chapter 4, the explanation says simply, Say that the luminaries are seen, it's a sign, and come because of all things. So, saying it, when eclipse happens, it's a sign that in that time there is a there is power from an, to a negative muzzle, to a negative constellation. Just like fine, in many places, puzzle. At that time, it's not there's some energy. In other words, it's that's musical, that's some fin, conducive to negativity. And this also causes. That at that time, because it's a time that's conducive to negative, there's negative energy, so to speak. So if the, if those four things that the Gemara speaks about regarding if those four things are done, they can be the consequence of the And that's why it's a bit of if you do well, they have the world. Because there's nothing to for. Not that that time brings punishment. That's, that time is conducive that if there's something wrong, it will be punishable. If there's nothing wrong, then great, no problem. According to this, there's, there's no room for the question about, yeah, since we know that there it's embedded in, scientifically we know it's embedded within the laws of nature, that at certain times there'll be an eclipse, and it has nothing to do with what people do or don't do. So this will explain it. This is only a time when it's a time conducive for punishment, and then what's punishable is those three things, those four things that they are associated to eclipse. And in these, and indeed these signs, of a negative energy connected with eclipse are applicable. They're put into the embedded in cycle of nature. Just like Gemara's, for example, Sahaba was born on the other week, attended this to that, so <coughs> we're gonna I mean, based on what they they what he says, good battle. We're gonna, gonna uh, highlight a little bit as we go on in the Sikha. This this doesn't mean that we have choice. But let, let's let's go on and we'll see. Hey, after five. So we need to explain. Gemara says that if we're in Jew, non-Jew, says when Jews do, when you serve, don't be scared of us. Don't be scared of the hands of heaven because the non-Jews are scared of them. The Jews have to be scared of the Jews. 
So what the Gemara is telling us clearly is that in that same situation where we're telling the Jews, don't be scared because they're not doing anything wrong, they're doing the will of Hashem, but still in all, by the non-Jews, we're saying, yes, they should be scared. We have to understand. If we're just saying it's a negative energy, it's like a bad sign, simen ra, and that's when, it's not that that itself is bad, but that's when um, things that were done bad are punishable. It's a time that's conducive for, for, for highlighting those negative things that are done and punishing for them. And so why should the non-Jews need to be scared if they didn't do anything to transgress? So, so then that, non, that, con, that non-conducive, that, that time that's conducive for negativity, but there's nothing negative to, to harp on. So what's the difference between Yisrael and, and, and non-Yisrael? Chapter Vav, chapter 6, the explanations. When we talk about the um, effect of mazel, of the constellation, of the energy in certain times. Uh, so it's not just regarding reward and punishment, that sometimes is a time when it's conducive to be, to give reward, sometimes conducive to nitpick and to, sorry, I take back that word, nitpick. Sometimes it's a time to, to focus in and punish for certain negative things that other times may have been um, you know, overlooked. So it's not just about that. No, it's also regarding the behavior of people that born under a certain muzzle in a certain time of a certain energy causes a tendency to certain behavioral patterns, either good or not. For example, it says a person learns a majority, Chazal tells us a person learns a majority of his chokhmah by night. What does that mean? It means by day you can't be successful in studying Torah? No. It means that night has within it a certain conducivity to having success in Torah more than by day. And by day you would need to exert yourself more to have that level of success. Similarly, all the things we quoted before in Masech Shabbos, we didn't say them all, but it said if you're born on this day, you're going to have a tendency to that and so on. That creates, yes, a tendency in the nature of the person who's born during those times. That doesn't mean to say that the mazel creates a, 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 um, a result in the person that forces them to act in a particular way based on the time and on the constellation and on the zodiac that he was born in. Because I mentioned, I threw in zodiac, sorry. The Rebbe is it's the same concept, but the Rebbe is talking in particular about what the Gemara says in Shabbos. Um, you know, if you're born on, on this day, it's like this, and this day, it's like that. This means that that doesn't force or, 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 or create by default a certain behavior because everybody has full right to govern and to choose their own deeds, to be a tzaddik or, or the opposite. And it's not possible to say that by nature a person is drawn to something that you can't, <coughs> you can't, be, um, that you can't change. The whole concept of, of, uh, of, of choice <coughs> is built on the fact that a person could choose what to do. So what does it mean when a person is born in a certain time? I think a mother says, a person is born in this day is going to be like this. It means that the mazel and the energy of that time creates by the person a certain tendency. The Rebbe quotes here, 
from the Pirish on the Rambam, the Lechem Mishnah, so, and the Tiyak a, a, a minor tendency, a somewhat of a tendency to a particular behavior, to a, to a particular style. However, through exertion, a person can overcome that tendency and act in a way that's different than his tendency. And he can even change his actual tendency, recreate it in a, in a more positive way. According to what, similar to what's explained in great length in what is known as the Eight Prakim Adramam, Shmeina Prakim La Rambam, it's introduction, um, the Rambam's introduction to, uh, to Pirke Ovis. The Rambam writes there that it's impossible that a person is created with a, a just a person of virtue. Sorry, Efsha. I'm going to read it. Just I don't want to. I'll, I'll read it in the Hebrew. Efsha she yivale the adam v'cholu b'teva bal ma'ila v'loy bal chisar. It's possible a person should be created by nature, a virtuous person or a person with lackings. It's only that in his nature there is a tendency or there is a conduciveness to virtue or lacking. So his nature doesn't force it. However, somebody who is created with a tendency or with being conducive, with fertile ground to be a person of great virtue, will have to, he will have to exert less to make that choice to be a person of virtue. It's more, it's more naturally ingrained. You'll have to make a choice, but it will be less of an exertion for him to make that choice because his nature is predisposed towards that naturally. Of course, he can still choose, choose to, to be the person opposite of virtue, not to use those predispositions. However, somebody who has a predisposition, who has a uh, tendency or a, is some, a, a, a nature that's conducive to lacking, so he's going to have to exert himself to become somebody of virtue. So you think that's oh, not fair. So the Rebbe adds here in brackets. On the other hand, the fact that he needs to work so hard is also a proof that from heaven they've given him very big energies, very big powers. Just like bigger powers than the one who has a predisposition to good. Because there's a rule, according to the the fum gamla shikhna, according to the camel, according to the strength of the camel, you load him up. Hashem knows exactly our, our strengths and our weaknesses, our predispositions, our natures, and he tells us to be good. So if he's telling us to be good, it's going to take a lot more exertion. It means he's also provided us with the energy, with the extra power that we need to, to become good, right? He knows exactly the whole situation. And therefore, similarly in our, similarly when it comes to particular um, character traits that come because of the time and the energy in which a person is born. Even though the Gemara says anybody who's born on this day will be, that doesn't mean the Gemara doesn't mean that it, it must be that way. What the Gemara means is that it'll be more he'll have more of a con, of, of of a conducive of a predisposition of a natural inclination towards a certain thing, and he's going to need therefore more exertion to overcome that particular natural bent. Similarly, 
when we talk about the days, some days are good to start something, some days aren't good to start something. We're just saying that those days are more conducive for negativity. And that's why you have to work harder in order to save it, to, to guard yourself from particular things that may be more possible on a day that's not so positive. For example, there's a concept we don't start things on um, second day of the week, on you know, the fourth day of the week, and so on. But that's, that's not imperative that those things will be, will, will be negative. Why? Anyway, don't, don't get worried, because uh, about these concepts, um, I was just mentioning it in passing, it doesn't go into it in great detail. But the point that Rebbe brings here is that actually, even though we say, we bring, it's brought in Shukhanar, don't start things on day two and day four, because within, um, within creation, there's certain, certain aspects, right, that, that are from the six days of creation already, show a susceptibility to a certain aspect of negativity. But that's only, for example, when it's not going to cause us to delay a mitzvah. There's a, another rule that tells us never pass up a chance to do a mitzvah. <coughs> don't delay a mitzvah. So we'll say, well, I want to start the mitzvah on a, mm, it's a Monday today. I don't want to start it today because maybe it's not such good energy. Hello, but there's a rule. Don't delay mitzvahs. So throw that thing out. Don't worry about what day it is. You, got, you have a mitzvah, do it. Similarly, if you're going to try a little harder, you can have success even on a day that's not prone to success, that's not inviting success. It doesn't matter. You can overcome that. You just have to try a little harder. So if you want a, a um, what I'm saying is you want a day that's got everything set up for it in a more positive way, choose this and this day. But anyway, this is a, it's a lengthy topic, but this is the, the crux of the, 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 the general concept of it. Zion. Chapter 7. According to this, we could say, what does it mean? Now that I was going to explain the Gemara, what does it mean that when the luminaries are eclipsed, it's a bad sign to the world? So it's not just that it's, as we said before, it's not just that it's a time that's a, a time that's um, negative because that's a time when Hashem will punish for those things, those four things that were done negatively. But no, also it's a time when the person's nature, it's a time that invites within people a certain neg negative tendency to do something not good. It's not forced to do something good. The person has the ability to come, even things prone. That's why the whatever it says here in a square bracket. I'm going to jump back to the square bracket in a few seconds. And so what does the Gemara mean? The Gemara says, because of these four things, the sun is eclipsed. So it means not that the eclipse is caused because of this negative behavior in actuality. No, what the Gemara is saying is that because during these times there is a, there is a um, proneness, there is an energy that pushes towards these four negative behavior patterns. Because of that, it expresses itself in the eclipse of the heavenly bodies. In other words, the eclipse of the heavenly bodies is coming because of the because of the, the energy that's embedded. Hashem planned it in advance. Just like a, uh, yeah, just like a place born on a certain day, there's this energy in creation where somebody who's born on a particular day of the week will have a tendency to do this and this. What the Gemara is saying is that because there's this energy, 
this tendency on those particular days, that's why Hashem expresses it in an eclipse. So Bishvil, it's not because people have done these four bad things, but Bishvil, because of those four things that the energy, this time, this particular moment of eclipse, this is a time where there's an energy that will create a proneness, create a susceptibility to people to act in negative ways of these four particular items, that's, because of that, because of that negative energy, that's why there's an eclipse. And that's why the Jewish people, is chapter Ches, that's why the Jewish people don't have to worry. Whereas the non-Jews do, why? Even though also non-Jews can overcome the things that are embedded in nature, the proneness, the susceptibility, right? The, those energies that are in nature that lead to a heightened possibility of doing the negative thing. Because even though they don't have the true concept of choice. However, that's a gift that's given to the Jewish people because of their neshama. But still in all, they don't get punished unless they voluntarily sin. Because they're forced to do something wrong, they're not punished. However, since they are more controlled by the ways of nature, so therefore their level of exertion is going to have to be greater in order to cancel out this negative energy that's there in the eclipse. That's why, indeed, the non-Jews should fear from these times because, in other words, those things that are embedded in the time that it can call out a negative behavior, they should be more scared of that because it may be more difficult for them to overcome that. However, Yidin, when they have, by, by them there is an additional uh, they are given mitzvahs to take them to a higher, to higher than the limitations of their own nature. And the Gemara says, when they do the will of Hashem, doing the will of Hashem, as the never quotes in the footnote, means they do they do with all their might. So when they connect Hashem in a way of doing the will of Hashem, in a way of all their might, higher than limitations, so they rise higher than the limitations of nature. Even the limitations that already have been put in to the heavenly bodies that show on a, that it's a negative time. And that's why they're not scared about it. Because they'll be able to overcome that. Not just will they be able to overcome this nature through hard work to get rid of the nature, but they they don't worry about it. They start on, 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 on day two and on day four and so on. Because you can overcome it. Till we reach, I have to research that, sorry, I didn't look it up, Maschilim Abbas Vidalid, exactly the details of that. Till you reach a matzav that you don't have to worry about nature at all. That's the way Hashem works with Sadiqim. That Hashem works with Sadiqim, there are quotes here in the Ha'ara 41, like Rabbi Hanina ben Daisa, that he, his whole behavior was, Rukhanina Mendesa famously, his daughter said, to, came to her father Friday, he said, we don't have any oil, we couldn't afford oil for the Shabbos candle. He says, what do you have? He says, I only have vinegar. He says, light the vinegar. The same Hashem who said that oil should light will say that vinegar will light. So, <laughs> no difference. And it worked. So that's a tzaddik, like the Rebbe says, if you reach that level, 
And really, all of your people, all the Jewish people are tzaddikim. So then there can be a hanhaganisis, there can be a miraculous behavior that Hashem has higher than Teva. To go back to the parentheses that I skipped in the end of the previous eyes. So now that Rebbe says, now we can understand clearly the lotion that the mushal gives. The Gemara brings a mushal about the, the um, eclipse of the sun. It says it's a mushal to a, a parable to a king of flesh and blood who makes a meal for his students and he places before them a torch and he gets upset at them. He says to his servant, take away the torch. It doesn't say he takes away the torch. It tells his servant. In other words, taking away the torch gets done not through the king himself through his servant because the negativity that is created is being done through a servant through nature which is a, one of the tools of Hashem so indeed we've now explained the Gemara it's indeed embedded within nature however why is it embedded within nature why is it a simen ra? because of these four negative energies negative deeds because of these four things that the negative energy exists during those times, Hashem creates an eclipse and portrays this negativity uh, and it's seen. It's an it's a, it's a astronomical, predictable thing because that's the, uh, the simon, that's the mazel, that's the energy that exists during those times and it expresses itself in the eclipse. This is the way the Rebbe explains the Gemara in the Sicha. Very interesting, the Gemara the Rebbe brings in the beginning of the Sicha um, from Yareis Dvash, the book of Rabbi Yenis and Abishitz. When he explained this Gemara, he said that um, we're not talking, the Gemara is not talking about eclipse, it's talking about black dots or, or, or certain times when there's black, um, we have black spots on the moon and sun, so that's a, a negative sign. So the Rebbe says, I didn't merit to understand his words. And the Rebbe writes in a, in a star at the bottom, it's well known, by the way, that this, the author, Rabbi Yenison Abishitz, was forced into many debates with the, 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 the secular sages of his time, the, the, the non-Jewish sages of his time, even well-known, um, even well-known sages amongst the, the, the non-Jews, and look in various Gemaras, the Rebbe shares um, various times in Gemara where when there were um, debates between Jewish scholars and non-Jewish scholars, sometimes the Jewish scholars didn't necessarily give a, a comprehensive answer. They, they gave an answer that was enough to deflect the question at that time. So the Rebbe says, I don't understand this answer. In other words, I'm in, the, in, the, in the star footnote, the Rebbe is saying, perhaps he didn't mean this to be the comprehensive answer. Also, he, was, he needed to answer the, the, uh, the, uh, the non-Jews. He had to debate. So what's the problem with that answer, though? First of all, the Rebbe says, who knows about those, about those black spots? It's supposed to be a bad sign for the world. A sign is when you can see it. Two, some people now say that there's also a predictability in that. It's, 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 it's part of nature. With the black spots, it's not something that just jumps out of nowhere. Three, says the Rebbe, this, is, this period is against the simple reading of the understanding of the concept and against many of the mefarshia shas, um, and so, you know, that, that would be a re, relearning of the sugya, taking it out of its uh, simple context. And four, um, when, the, when the, the Gemara gave the analogy that it's like a king taking away the torch, letting them sit in the darkness. So that means that 
obviously we're talking about the eclipses, because even if it's, um, because it still has the same effect, even it doesn't matter if it's predictable or not, you're sitting in the darkness, so obviously the Gemara is talking about eclipse. Um, yeah, so then there's another answer that Rebbe quotes from a book called Chaste David, explains it to Sefta, says that the Chachamim are talking about sometimes it happens unpredictably, when it's not planned. So then, it's a sign that it's, it's a, it's a, then it's definitely a sign. So Rebbe says, but besides for the previous questions, which also, question three or four applied to this here also, Rebbe says, when did that ever happen? And the Gemara says that for four things, for example, a Av Basin wasn't properly eulogized. This negative sign comes to the world that definitely would have happened more than once. We never see that there's an unpredictable eclipse that happened. It's always just an astronomical phenomenon. So that's uh, so those answers, Rebbe said, are not um, are not uh, we're not going to answer the question. And there's another answer that Rebbe brings from the Shalot. The Shalot says that when we talk about rainbow. What we talk about in the book of Noyak, right? That the rainbow is a sign that Hashem wanted to destroy the world. But rainbows are a scientific phenomenon, right? And the same thing will be, what about, uh, how can an eclipse be a negative sign? It's a scientific phenomenon. So the Shalah answers that Hashem predicted it in advance. Hashem knew already when there will be sins that will invite an eclipse. And that's the way that the astronomical um, um, circulation was, was created. And it's not a problem to say that um, Hashem knows in advance the sins, yet there's still free choice, as I've said at length elsewhere. And the Rebbe says in square brackets here, and this is in footnote uh, 15, yeah, that um, this, uh, this, this, this is sweetened, this will be understood according to what uh, the middle Rebbe writes in the book of Teres Chaim, that indeed, the, um, even the sins are already known by Hashem and they're according to Hashem's plan. Um, However, it's a difficult concept to understand. We can't understand it. But that, that's been dealt with elsewhere. But here the problem is to explain eclipses like this would be problematic. You know why? Because we know a concept, in the beginning of Tanya we quote this, that when a child is born, the Gemara says, it says he's going to be wise or not wise, rich or poor, but it doesn't say he's going to be a tzaddik or a rasha. It doesn't say, Hashem knows, but it doesn't say. Because when one, something is said, it kind of creates the reality. So here, even more so, if you're talking about setting up an astronomical reality, so then that's already forcing, it's already bringing into the physical dimension the sin that's going to happen. Then that, that's a problem with free choice. So the Rebbe says that's not going to explain the Gemara here in this case. Um, and the Rebbe explains as we... As we uh, as we just uh, quoted the Rebbe, thank you. Like is not.